Welcome to the Real Estate for All podcast, where we aim to enrich your life and provide information to inform your real estate decision-making process. I'm your host, Frederick Middlebrooks, Realtor and Navy veteran, joined by Cynthia Davis, owner and broker of Alert. Let's get into it. to talk about 10 resale value factors to consider before buying your next house. So for those of you who are just wanting to know really quick what the 10 things are, uh, I'll give them to you. We've got uh, the number of bedrooms being one, two, and these are in no particular uh, order of importance, but just uh, how they fell on our list. So number one, the number of bedrooms. Number two, number of bathrooms. Number three, single floor living. Number four, storage. Number five, living area layout. Number six, location, location, location. It determines pretty much everything with a home is location. So we'll definitely dig a little bit more into that one. Um, Number seven, size of the yard. Number eight, noise. Number nine, total square footage. And number 10, future development. So again, those are 10 resale value factors to consider before buying your next home. And uh, without any further ado, let's get a little bit deeper into each one of those. So we'll go into number one, number of bedrooms. Number of bedrooms. You know, sometimes what I've seen is it's a buyer that's a single person. And they say, I just need one extra bedroom. I don't, so if I have two bedrooms, I'm good. And it's just me, so maybe one full bath or one and a half bath. I say rethink that thought. For resale value, if you want to have at least more than one bedroom, one, two bedrooms, a generally at least three bedrooms. That's a number that a lot of people uh, look for because they look for space to expand. You don't look for space to just maintain. A single person might be okay in a two-bedroom right now, but then maybe a spouse might come along and they get married. Then your 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 living style change, and it's not as easy to stretch and have another bedroom there. But if you had started off with three, so then you would be in a better position and. Let's say you decide, okay, this two-bedroom is not going to work for us now. It's, it's more challenging to sell a two-bedroom, one-bath, or a three-bedroom, one-bath, or a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath. You get far more buyers with a three-bedroom, two-bath. So making sure you buy, take a look at the number of bedrooms, making sure it doesn't just suit you right now, but look at it from a resale value as well. You might say, oh, I don't need a four bedroom home. You might not need it now, but if it's within your budget and and you're okay with that in your budget, then it might be to your benefit resale value to have that space. Yeah, this uh, first home or second home or whatever home you're looking at buying is not going to be a permanent forever home for you. Um, then you definitely want to consider uh, the number of bedrooms that you have uh, in that home because at some point you will be reselling that home or even if you're renting it out, um, a family that might be looking for a house to rent will have those same considerations as 
uh, family that's looking to purchase that house should you decide to sell it instead of renting it out. So it does make it more appealing to have those extra bedrooms. Absolutely. So moving on to number two mm -hmm. with the number of bathrooms. Uh, well, bathroom space is definitely personal space that everybody <laughs> likes to have. And if you're in a home with uh, two or more people, um, having your own bathroom can can be life or death, <laughs> depending on who your roommates are. <laughs> uh, it, some people spend more time in it than others, but it's definitely uh, something that if, if you can have two or more, it's definitely preferential for, uh, I'd say most people, in my opinion, is preferential for. Absolutely. I agree. Because then what? Even if it's just you and you want to keep your space, your space, then you have another rest, uh, bathroom for guests. And then you're, they're not in your personal space. And then for, for resale value, that extra bathroom is already there. So absolutely. Keep that in mind when you're looking for a home. All right. Mm -hmm. So single floor living. Um, what do we have to say about that? Okay. Our aging population is increasing number wise. So if you are buying a single floor, a ranch, will you probably hear it or a home with the master on the main, you're setting yourself up for having a more uh, potential for resale because you're the the market, it can accommodate more of the aging population. And I hear all the time, we want our master on the main. We really okay with whatever is upstairs. Give us our master on the main so that we do not have to people don't go walking upstairs. up those stairs. Exactly. Yeah, people don't be want to walk upstairs. And exactly. especially if it's somewhere they're gonna be long term. Exactly. As people get older and you just don't want to make all these two, three, four, five trips that you have to make up and down the stairs to your bedroom and mm -hmm. everything. So yeah. Keep it in mind. All right, so we'll move on to number four, storage. As you get older and uh, as your family grows, um, if you have a family, the amount of stuff that you have also grows. Uh, if you weren't aware, your, uh, the number of bedroom sets you have when you have kids and toys and stuff that you don't even use anymore, but you're not quite ready to get rid of, mm -hmm. or you're too lazy to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> um, all that stuff needs to go somewhere. And a lot of times it tends to be in a storage closet or an attic or a garage that no longer fits your cars because the other stuff that you don't use um, fills up the garage. Mm -hmm. So uh, storage space can be key, especially when someone's looking for a place to park all their life possessions that they've built up over time. And then when you think about closet space, you're looking for a space that, you know, you, people use the term walk-in closets. You want to be able to have closet space to accommodate your either limited wardrobe or your growing, yes. <laughs> expanding wardrobe. So just make sure that because people want that closet space. So make sure when you're looking, Keep an eye on the closet space. Closet space is key. Yeah, mm -hmm. you hear the term walk-in closet thrown around a lot. And I've seen some that have been described as walk-in closets. And I mean, you walk in and you turn around and walk right back out because <laughs> it ain't that big. So uh, there, there's no uh, official definition on what the size of a walk-in closet can be. If you can stand in it, a lot of times people say, oh, it's a walk-in closet. And, Might have to back out. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> might not be. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess you could walk in it. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll go uh, number five, uh, living area layout. So what do we have to say about that? Because over time, layouts have changed. You mm -hmm. used to have homes where all the rooms were separate. And in many cases, they could be uh, closed off with doors and stuff. And then we kind of moved into a time frame of the open, open. space. And mm -hmm. everybody wanted open floor plans and everything. And then COVID brought in a thing where people wanted their space again. You didn't mm -hmm. want to be sharing this big space with everybody. You kind of wanted to be a, in a closed off area. So uh, what, what do we have on living area layout? Be aware where your bedrooms are located in the house. A lot of people do not prefer that their master, or well, let's just say the owner's suite, they prefer that the owner's suite is not on the front of the house. They prefer that it's on the back of the house because they feel as though it's quieter back there. So especially if you're on a street that might be prone to a little bit more noise, you might want to make sure that you're looking at a, a property where the owner's suite is at least, you know, towards the rear of the home. So keeping in mind, concept where the master, where the uh, owner's suite is located and making sure where is the kitchen in relationship to the dining room? Are you going to have to walk through another room to get there? Just things of that nature. And it's oftentimes you can go in and redesign those things. But if that's not something you're open to doing, then make sure it's resellable. Somebody else will enjoy it as well as you. Okay. Moving on to that key number six, location. Oh location location so uh i have heard um it's said by a real estate professional that there is one thing that determines the price of a home and it is not how many bedrooms how many bathrooms whether the countertops are granite or how much square footage the home has it is the location of the home and in a large part that is true um it's not the only factor but um, it, is, it is a determining factor. So just to paint a picture, you can have a eight bedroom, five bath home in the middle of nowhere that is an hour and a half drive from any major city, two hour drive from any major city. And you'll have people that would not spend a half million dollars for that home. But you can have a condo that's within walking distance from Times Square and people will spend $800,000 for that condo because of where it's located. And not just uh, New York, but that plays out in any city. You go to California, any of the, San Diego, LA, San Francisco, you can come to Atlanta. Um, you know, you can go to Chicago, wherever any major city is, uh, you, you can have a nice, big, what may consi be considered a mansion. Put that mansion in the middle of nowhere, People will pay more money for a trailer park on a little or a trailer home on or mobile home on a little patch of land that's beachfront, oceanfront property, or it's near, you know, Times Square or, you know, near the strip in Las Vegas or whatever, than what they'll pay for, you know, a mansion out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, location plays a key factor in people uh, where they want to stay. Absolute convenience. 
And then even if they're paying $800,000 for that condo you mentioned, and it's a one bedroom at that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a one bedroom, one bath condo. Mm -hmm. And they will pay that because of convenience. Perhaps they can walk to work. They right there, you said at uh, Times Square, Central Park, they can, they can walk there. They can bike wherever they want to. And opposed to being in that beautiful mansion an hour and a half away. So location is key, and a lot of it has to do with convenience. And is it going to make their lifestyle easier? Are they going to be able to get home quicker? They're not going to get in that traffic and have that drive and commute. Correct. <laughs> you know, things of that nature. So they're looking at also de-stressing their life. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, oh, living in the city can stress you out. But if it, they weigh it. You, you list it down. If the pros outweigh the cons, then they're going to go with living in the city closer to work. So location, 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 close to highways, interstates, airports, yeah, those conveniences, uh, grocery stores, shopping, all of those things. Yeah. People will pay prime for that. What is viewed at as prime real estate or prime location over the course of, you know, from one decade to the next, it might shift or change a little bit if you have one part of a city that's uh, starting to get built up. Maybe if you see an area that's getting built up and the homes in there might not yet reflect the value of the industry that is getting built up in that area, that might be something to consider as well if you're looking at purchasing a home uh, that you later want to resell um, the values of the properties in that area since real estate Pricing usually moves at a slower pace. It's not a day-to-day a, a -day change. So it, it might be something to consider. So with that, we will move on to number seven, size of yard. Mm -hmm. what, do, what do we have on the size of the yard? Because I mean, that, that can depend on the person. Some people want to mow their lawn. Some people want no lawn to mow. Um, some people want to live in a, a townhome community where someone else, they just pay a... Homeowners Association to come and take care of the grass for them. So uh, what do we have to say about the size of the yard? Size of the yard, keep in mind, the yard is for you now, true, but it's also for this, the buyer that's coming behind you. Now, some people do not mind if their yard has this big incline, it's a hill up there, because they, they might say, oh, I'm not going to mow that. But then for resale value, Someone else who has a family, they're looking for a yard for their children to play in. They're not going to be as prone to be interested in a yard that has no backyard and that has the big hill up there. They see, they see incidents and accidents with the kids. So that limits your population that's available for purchasing that home. And then as people get more into the healthy, uh, healthy living style, I, I see an increase in people wanting to be able to have an area where they can have a little garden and things of that nature. So if you don't have a space for that, even if it's a container garden or, or a, a planter of some type, then that might limit your ability for resale as well. So just keep those things in mind. You might have to roll with something that's a little bit more than what you want in order to make sure that it's resellable. Number eight, mm -hmm. noise. Ah. 
because everybody likes to live in an area with noise. And truthfully, all jokes aside, some people do like the city noise. Mm -hmm. They, they want to be downtown in the midst of everything. And some people like the country feel. They just want the peace and the quiet and nothing but the occasional cars that go down the street or whatever. And that's about it. So um, what do we have to consider when uh, thinking about noise in terms of resale value? How close are you to the airport? Are you in the flight pattern? You know, if you're not in the landing and the takeoff flight pattern, that's different even if you're close to the airport. But if the airplane is taking off and your coffee is shaking on your table <laughs> at the same time. Is that not a feature that comes with the home? That's not uh, a feature. That's not a that's feature. like an automatic shaking for the... Uh... Yeah, but you, you know, you're the buyer and the buyer is saying, but it's such a good price. It's such a good price. There's a reason the coffee is shaking on the table, okay? So you might want to consider the resale potential of that home. And also if you uh, live by businesses, perhaps a nightclub or, mm. you know, a live events venue or something that pretty regularly throughout the spring and summer months has concerts or festivals or whatever it may be, that, that might be something to consider as well. But uh, with that, we will move on to number nine, total square footage, which you would think goes without saying. Um, but a lot of people just say, oh, I'll get a home that's big enough for me. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're looking to resell that home, maybe you want to get it where it's big enough for someone other than you. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're get, planning on staying there a little longer, maybe you get it where it's big enough to, to expand in. But since we're talking resale, what do we have to consider with total square footage? Total square footage, consider, you do not want to be the largest house in the neighborhood. So let's say you have the mindset that I want this huge space. I want this space. And it's the most expensive house in the neighborhood. Now, for resale value, guess what? You're limiting yourself because you're already at the top. So you might want to adjust that and get in, in the middle because then the, the properties above you that might have more square footage are going to increase your value. They're going to bump you up. So square footage is important, but make sure you don't stay at the top. Come down to the middle, and then you're, you're increasing your value at that same time. Okay. okay. And there is such a thing as too much square footage. So don't <laughs> just shoot for the roof and say, I'm going to get the biggest house that I can find in this area. Uh, I have uh, shown homes to clients that have said, oh, this is too big. It's just me and my spouse and our kids going to be out of here in the next four years. We, we do not need this much house. So a lot of stuff to consider. And there is no one size fits all. You have to look at several different factors, which is something that a good realtor, knowing your needs and your wants and your desires can help you uh, achieve. So with that, we're moving into number 10, future development. Yes. Future development. What do we need to consider in terms of future development? A real estate professional, a realtor, is required by law to know what is going on within a certain radius of that house. So they should know what are the future developments and what is being proposed to, be, to come into that into that neighborhood, because there are things that can be proposed that you have no clue about, but will affect you in a year or two 
of home ownership. So Thing says, is there a highway going to be built here? Are they opening this up and building a park right across the street? Now, these can be positive or negative. However, these are things you want to know. And as you and I both know, what if there's, oh, I love the woods in my backyard. But then you didn't realize that a subdivision was being proposed to come up in those woods. So that's going to change your view. Mm. That's going to change your privacy. Know what is going on of what is proposed. I often tell people to go, it's usually on the website, go to the planning and zoning department for the county that you're looking to purchase in and see what is being proposed in that area. What is the five-year plan? And they are usually on the website. What is the 10-year plan? Or what is the 20-year plan? Usually most counties have a 20-year plan. Find out what's, going, what's being proposed in that area. And that's just something that a good Realtor will do to help you uh, better make an informed decision mm -hmm. for your purchase mm -hmm. is to, whether it be positive or negative, know what is, what are the future developments around the area around where you're looking to stay. Absolutely. So that marks the 10. Just to rehash what they were, number one, uh, number of bedrooms, two, number of bathrooms, three, Single floor living, four storage, five living area layout, six location, 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 seven size of yard, eight noise, nine total square footage, and 10 future developments. Mm -hmm. So those are 10 resale value factors that you will want to consider before buying your next home. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Rate us and review us, good or bad. Let us know what you like and how we can improve. Cynthia and myself are affiliated with Alert, a licensed real estate brokerage and real estate school. So whether you're looking to buy and sell a home or become a licensed salesperson or broker, we hope you'll give us the opportunity to help you achieve those goals. Just looking for free information? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter. Visit the website at alertpropertiesre.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing.